welcome to Thirty Minute Reviews. I am Adam. I am exhausted. Uh, very long day. Back at work. I mean, we had a, we like well, we didn't have a snow day. It's just I don't drive in the snow. Um, I'm not risking my car to drive in the snow. It's just not something I'm going to do. I don't understand the you know. Not thought process behind it, but like, you know, the amount of money that I would end up losing if I got into an accident driving in the snow would be more than my pay rate for the day. So I'll just take the day and not get up in the snow. But the problem with taking a day off is that when you get back, you're like, oh, fuck. Especially because it landed on Friday, so it was like a three-day weekend, and you're like, oh, well, I don't have to work anymore for a little bit, and it's nice. And yeah, so here we are. It is uh, 5.30 um, on my evening commute. I am waiting for my uh, heat to turn on in my car as I drive. See, and that's the other thing that I think is kind of not funny, but mildly annoying. Um, when you have your, uh, uh, the car that I have, um, when you set it to max heat after it was on max cold, it does not default to turn off your air conditioner. Um, it, it keeps the air conditioner on. So it keeps blowing, like, not cold air, but, like, lukewarm air. And it's, like, it's fucking 25 degrees out. I just want to get warmed up because my car's been sitting outside and it hasn't moved since I went on break at 10.15 this morning um, when I went to go get a soda. Um, but, like, come on. Like, you know, whatever. So... There was one bit of news today that I kind of wanted to address, and yes, you know, uh, it's not the death of Bob Saget, who had a, uh, you know, it appears he had a heart attack, um, based on the initial initial coroner's report, um, but I think that the, um, what's it called, the the story that I want, because there's nothing I can add to that, I don't really like addressing celebrity deaths, because there's nothing I can add to the conversation. Like, it, it's not like I have some connection to, to Bob Saget. Like, I watched Full House as a kid. Um, but, like, I, I don't have a, a, a personal connection to the man. And it's not like I can eulogize him. I mean, I did eulogize John Madden. But I can speak more to John Madden's impact. I don't want to get into this right now. But we're, we're, we're getting off topic. But what I want to talk about is this need for U.S. production companies to remake existing IP. And I'm not talking existing IP from years in the past, where it's like, look, one of the best movies of last year, my favorite movie of last year, was Nightmare Alley, which is a remake of a movie from 1947. Although, really, it's not quite a remake of the movie. It's a, re- it's a you know, re-adaptation of the book from 1946. And it's kind of like that, you know, that that's not necessarily the issue, it's not like it gets remade every 10 years, it's not like, you know, or like Cyrano, which, you know, gets remade every once in a while, because unfortunately, the belief, you know, what's going on in that movie, you know, the themes and all of that, is kind of timeless, uh, about, you know, looking past someone's physical, you know, abnormalities, and, and, and looking at them deeper, so now we get this new version with Peter Dinklage, who's a very handsome man, but he is, uh, not normal height, and so he's taking the role of Cyrano de Bergerac, and I think that that's an interesting kind of take, is to to put the dwarfism as the the thing that keeps Cyrano from being with the woman he loves. 
um, and, and, and then him, you know, we're getting way off topic here, but, um, I'm talking about when something comes out, like, within the last decade, or, or in some cases within the last year, and it immediately gets option to get remade for American audiences, and it's like, well, why does this need to be remade? The original, in a lot of cases, will stand on its own and be its own thing, and it's like, look, I mean, there have been plenty of movies that are remakes of, of foreign films that get critical acclaim, like The Magnificent Seven is Seven Samurai, um, but set in the American West. It's, you know, things like that will always happen, but I think in this day and age, where, where streaming is as prevalent as it is, and, and we have such a wide array of options when it comes to, you know, what we're watching, what the fuck are you doing? Um... We have a wide array of options to to, to watch things I, I, and ways to watch in, in, a, in a weird way. Uh, I think it is important to note that, you know, we don't need to do that. And it's like, you know, if we look back at the era that, you know, Six Samurai or Seven Samurai came out, what the fuck is going on? Um, if we look at the era that Seven Samurai originally came out, and we're like, oh, okay, so uh, it kind of makes sense as to why it was remade, um, because, you know, American audiences weren't re- wouldn't be receptive to an old Japanese cast, and, and foreign films at the time didn't quite do well at the box office, so the idea of remaking it as a Western, which was big at the time and reasonably cheap to make, because, you know, at the time that Westerns were big, it, 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 all the production was out West, and then on top of all the production being out west, it's like, what do they have out west? Vast swaths of land that just no one lives on and are just empty. And it's like, no, we can build a small town here for very little money. It's be a facade of a town, and, you know, we can make this this movie. And and that that would be the cheapest way to do it, rather than shooting in a city where you got to get permits and shoot on location, and it's a whole, a whole ordeal. Um, so, so that's why we end up with these westerns. Now... I don't think we necessarily need a remake of The Raid, because The Raid got picked up today by Netflix, and the original director is going to be involved, I will give them that. They're not kicking the original director to the curb and being like, fuck you, fuck your mother, and fuck everyone um, in, in your lineage. It's like, you know, the original creative team behind the movie is in this. However, The Raid is, you know, a bit of a modern classic. It, it is... It is such a strong movie, and, and the action's really great, and the action really holds up, and and it's a movie that isn't dependent on being able to understand the language, in a way, where it's like, we don't need to, you don't need to speak, I believe it was an Indonesian movie, um, you don't need to speak, I don't know what language they speak in Indonesia, and I don't want to say Indonesian, because I don't think that's right. But whatever language they speak, and it might also not be Indonesian, so I'd rather just not weigh in and be incorrect and come off as a racist. But I've seen the movie, but I just don't know where it comes from. Um, In the same way that I know that Kurosawa comes from Japan, and I know that Parasite comes from Korea, and I know that like Drive My Car is a Japanese movie. Um, I wasn't anticipating this being on my itinerary for today, so I did not look up where the raid originally came from. And that's on me. I looked it up, it is Indonesia, and the, the correct language it is Indonesian, as per Google. Um, so, if I'm incorrect, we can blame Google for that. Um, but the movie stands alone, and it's not a dialogue-driven movie, in the same way that John Wick is not a dialogue-driven movie. 
Like, if you watch John Wick and you don't have subtitles on, you won't be lost. You will still understand fully what's going on in the movie you are watching. Because it's not dependent on you seeing, you know, on you listening to the story. It's, you can see what's going on. He gets the dog. The dog gets killed. And then he goes on this, this you know, revenge mission to to, to avenge the dog and, and, and get his car back. And, and it's not... It, it is about the action. Profoundly about the action. Uh, in a way that, you know... The raid also is. It is about the action more than it is about the, you know, the the story behind the movie. Um, and I think that that's a key thing that needs to, you know, if we're going to look at what this, you know, what this whole thing is, I don't think necessarily you need a, um, what's it called? I don't think necessarily you need a, a, a profound, like, you know, a, a new American reimagining nor do I think you need a bigger budget to tell the story again. I think the story has been told, and the story has been told well, and I don't think it needs to be done again. Um, I think doing it again doesn't help anyone um, in any shape or form. I, I think that it, it is all about, you know, what's it called? It is entirely about, at that point, being like, hey, we want to get in on this money that is potentially there on the table. Um... It's only considering the movie came out in, like, 2013. And it's like, we don't need to tell the story again to to, to, to do that. It's, we, we, we've seen this. And it's not in a way where it's like, we've seen this story before, but in, in a way where it's like, you know, we... What is going to be added? And that's the question that any adaptation or any remake should seek to answer, where it's like, you know, with the tragedy of Macbeth, which I just saw this weekend... Um, what are we adding to the story? What, what, what gets added to Nightmare Alley with this new adaptation? If we, if we, if we remake, um, uh, Nightmare Alley, what are we adding to the story? If we remake any movie, what hindsight or what can we now add to the movie in a way that makes it look, you know, different? And it's kind of like, you know, that was part of my problem with West Side Story, where it's like, you know, we're remaking this movie... And it's enjoyable, it's fine, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it is, it's good, but what are we adding to it? What new angle are we taking about this story? And, and I think the only real new angle that West Side Story took was this idea that, you know, when we say it's a story of two gangs, quote-unquote, the way that the new movie portrays it is less two gangs and more a white gang and a bunch of Puerto Rican people who have moved into the neighborhood and are just trying to live their life and, and have now kind of formed a loose association to defend their property from this roving band of white kids who seem hell-bent on destroying, robbing, and, and doing everything they can to disrupt people's lives. And it's like, well, that's entirely different from the original. But that's really the only change that really happens there to, to the thing. I mean, yeah, they change around some of the, the music... Uh, order of operations, they change around, you know, everything like that, and I think that, to an extent, it, it does, you know, work, but it doesn't make the movie better, and, and I think that if we're going to look at why are we going to, you know, why are we remaking it, that's the question I have, what gets added, and I think that, you know, 
the worst possible producer, or I think he's directing, has been added to the project. I think that putting Michael Bay on this, it's like Michael Bay doesn't know action. He knows explosions and, 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 and visual effects. And you can't take that away from him. I'm not saying that as a derogatory thing. It's like, you know, if, if you want someone who, who can do the visual effects of Transformers, Transformers is a revolutionary movie in that way, not in terms of plot or, you know, interesting movie, but visually it's, it's a revolutionary movie. Um, and I think you can do an entire thing about how 2008, 2009 really was a revolution in, in, in movies um, in a weird way and how the, the movie industry changed because that's, you know, Iron Man, Transformers, The Dark Knight, uh, all these, you know, pop culture movies really came and, 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 and made their mark. And, and how we view the modern Oscar movie... Um, is really formed out of, you know, the King's Speech and the Artist and, and you know, all these movies from this era. Um, and, and I think that if we, you can really, you could probably do a, a thesis on that if someone out there was so inclined. Um, but looking at, like, broadly what's going on with this, you know, like, with the raid, specifically in this case, it's like, well, what is the raid setting out to accomplish with this new version, and I think the only thing is, it's like, we want to cash in on it, and it's like, look, if you want to watch The Raid, or The Raid, uh, The Raid Redemption, or The Raid 2, um, you can go to Best Buy and pick up both movies on Blu-ray for $15, and you will get the experience that this movie will give. I don't think that giving Michael Bay the reins to say, hey, make another Raid movie, or, you know, strictly remake The Raid, um, is, is going to add anything to it. Um, if it was like, hey, give... I'm trying to think of a good action director. Um, give the guy who did John Wick the raid. You may have my interest. Because I'd be like, oh, okay, he's a good action director. He can direct action sequences. I would like to see that. If you gave Matthew Vaughn the raid, I'd be like, oh, okay, that could be cool. Or, like, you know... I'm trying to think who else would, would I want on a Raid movie, and it's like, not Michael Bay. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want Michael Bay. I mean, Michael Bay will get asses in seats, because he will do, because he is still a draw, but, you know, as an action director, he's not terrific. Um, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Is that, if, if I have to choose who do I want to direct this movie, Michael Bay would be toward the bottom of the list. I, I mean, like, Look, I'd rather fucking Aaron Sorkin directed the movie. Um, but the, 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 the way the raid works, uh, I don't think that Michael Bay is a good fit. I don't think that, you know, going to Netflix with it is a good fit either. Because that movie is gory. It's gory and there's a brutality to the violence that I don't think Netflix is willing to commit to. Because um, I don't want a kid to... I mean, granted, like, Netflix... Uh, like. Netflix's Daredevil was kind of gory, and, like, The Punisher was too, but I don't think this is a movie that they're going to want to commit to doing in that exact way, and being like, oh, well, you know, this is what we're going to do now, like, it's, it's going to be this, you know, this, this like, this, like, visceral mess of a movie that, or, or a series that needs to be made this way, I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to fly. Um, now, if Netflix was to do something with The Raid, what I would do is I would do, um, and, and I know this is something that, like, I know they were developing other things with us, and I think I've said this before, when I said, what what should 
Netflix do with the Pokemon IP, I think you could do the raid, but set it in or where Coliseum and XD take place with the Battle Tower. And do that with, you know, do, do that motif. Do the raid, but with Pokemon getting up to the top of the tower and, it, and it, with the turn strike to the top of the tower um, with, you know, ultimately the, the bad guys. I think it was Team Snagum, but I mean, obviously probably changed the name, but they, they, they are stealing the best trainer Pokemon when they get to the top. But you, they're, they're gambling on it when they get to the top. And if they lose, they they lose their Pokemon to this team. You don't even have to do theft. But it's like not only do they lose their Pokemon, but their Pokemon get corrupted into Shadow Pokemon. I think you can get a really good you know story out of that, and I think that would be very interesting. Uh, and that would be a better use of the raid. Um, it's like, hey, we're going to use that slap Pokemon coat of paint on it and be like, hey, we're, this is what we're doing. And I would be like, you definitely have my attention now. Um, I, I would watch the fuck out of that movie. Um, so, so yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like there are better options available um, when it comes to using, like, when it comes to spending their money. Uh, I don't think that doing this is necessarily 100% what they should be doing. Um, sorry, I'm exhausted. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if we're gonna do Sandman, hopefully Sandman goes for more than one season. Um, because if it it only goes one season and gets cancelled, that'd be a crime, because I can almost guarantee Netflix has the same two-year exclusivity deal that, um, what's it called, that they have with Marvel. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, th- there are so many other things that Netflix should put their hands into and be like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Especially considering that, like, Lionsgate doesn't have it. Well, I think Lionsgate's partnered with, uh, what's it called? With, uh, with Amazon. Um, but that would have been cool, I think, if, if it was like, hey, we're, we're just going to do, like, you know, all this cool shit that we would, like, you know, it, like, we're going to acquire the rights to these. And, I mean, I know slapping a franchise coat of paint on it is not better, but I think in the long term, I think that might be a better use of the IP than just buying it, making, like, because the thing is, it's like, at least if you did my idea, where it's like, you know, do the raid, but with Pokemon, like, at least you would be like, okay, hold on, and, and it would get people to go back and watch the original. Um, if you remake it like this, not only are you taking something and changing it for the sake of, you know, changing the, the financial structure of the movie, you're also kind of disavowing whoever, you know, you're, you're making it where people won't go and seek out the original. Because I wonder how many people watched the Old Boy remake um, with um, Elizabeth Olsen and Josh Brolin and, and Palm Clementine. And I wonder how many people watched that and then were like, oh, this movie sucks. And then didn't see the original. And 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 and, and how, how many people had that? How many people will watch the remake of Parasite and be like, oh, so this is, what's the big deal? This is what won Best Picture? Why is this, you know, why, why is this getting this much acclaim if it's not good? I mean, I'm not saying it's not good, but... Because no one knows anything about it yet. But still, like, you know, if it turns out 
that it's not good. Um, then why is it a, like what like people are gonna look at it and be like, well, why did I pay all this? Like, why did I invest this time into it? Why did this win Best Picture without going back to the original? Because like, well, I watched it already. And I think that's the, the problem that you know could be run into with this, um, and I, I think that that's a you know something something else that I have a problem with. Um, so, so yeah, so we'll wrap up there for today. Um, and until our next episode, have a great rest of your week.